0: Rhythmical excitation of the heart. The human heart has a specific system for rhythmic self-excitation and repetitive contraction approximately 100,000 times each day or three billion times in the average human lifetime. This impressive feat is performed by a system that generates rhythmical electric impulses to initiate rhythmical contraction of the heart muscle and conducts these impulses rapidly through the heart. When the system functions normally, the atria contract about one-sixth of a second ahead of a ventricle contraction, which allows for the filling of ventricles before they pump blood through the lungs and peripheral circulation. Another special importance of the system is that it allows all portions of the ventricles to contract almost simultaneously, which is essential for most effective pressure generation in the ventricle chambers. This rhythmical and conductive system of the heart is susceptible to damage by heart disease, especially by ischemia of the heart tissues resulting from poor coronary blood flow. The effect is often a bizarre heart rhythm or an abnormal sequence of contraction of the heart chambers, and the pumping effectiveness of the heart is affected severely, even to the extent of causing death. Specialized Excitatory and Conductive System of the Heart Figure 10 shows the specialized excitatory and conductive system of the heart that controls cardiac contractions. The figure shows the sinus node, also called sinoatrial or SA node, in which the normal rhythmical impulses are generated, the internodal pathways that conduct impulses from the SA node to the AV node, the AV node in which the impulses from the atria are delayed before passing to the ventricles, the AV bundle which conducts impulses from the atria into the ventricles, and the left and right bundle bundle branches of the Purkinje fibers, which conduct the cardiac impulses to all parts of the ventricles. The sinus node is a small, flattened, ellipsoid strip of specialized cardiac muscle about 3 mm wide, 15 mm long, and 1 mm thick. It is located in the superior posterior lateral wall of the right atrium, immediately below and slightly lateral to the opening of the superior vena cava. The fibers of this node have almost no contractile muscle filaments and are each only 3 to 5 micrometers in diameter, in contrast to a diameter of 10 to 15 micrometers for the surrounding atrial muscle fibers. However, the sinus nodal fibers connect directly with the atrial muscle fibers so that any action potential that begins in the sinus node spreads immediately into the atrial muscle wall. Automatic electrical rhythmicity of the sinus fibers. Some cardiac fibers have the capability of self-excitation, a process that can cause automatic rhythmical discharge and contraction. This capability is especially true of the fibers of the heart's specialized conducting system, including the fibers of the sinus node. For this reason, the sinus node ordinarily controls the rate of beat of the entire heart, as discussed in detail later in the chapter. First, let us describe this automatic rhythmicity. Figure 10 shows action potentials recorded from the inside of a sinus node fiber for three heartbeats in comparison a single ventricular muscle fiber action potential. Note that the resting membrane potential of the sinus nodal fiber between discharges has a negativity of about negative 55 to negative 60 millivolts in comparison with negative 85 to negative 90 millivolts for ventricular muscle fiber. The cause of this lesser negativity is that the cell membranes of the sinus fibers are naturally leaky to sodium and calcium ions and positive charges of the entering sodium and calcium ions neutralize some of the intracellular negativity. Before we attempt to explain the rhythmicity of the sinus nodal fibers, first recall from the discussions before that cardiac muscle has three main types of membrane ion channels that play important roles in causing the voltage channels of action voltage changes of action potential. They are the fast sodium channels, the L-type calcium channels, or slow calcium channels, and potassium channels. Opening of the fast sodium channels for a few ten-thousandths of a second is responsible for the rapid upstroke spike of the action potential observed in ventricular muscle because of rapid influx of positive sodium ions to the interior of the fiber. Then the plateau of the ventricular action potential is caused primarily by slower opening of the slow sodium-calcium channels, which lasts for about 0.3 seconds. Finally, opening of potassium channels allows diffusion of large amounts of potassium-positive ions in the outward direction through the fiber membrane and returns the membrane potential to its resting level. However, there is a difference in the function of these channels in the sinus nodal fiber because of the resting the resting potential is much less negative, only negative 55 millivolts in the nodal fiber instead of negative 90 millivolts in the ventricular muscle fiber. At this level of negative 55 millivolts, the fast sodium channels mainly have already become inactivated, which means that they have become blocked. The cause of this is that any time the membrane potential remains less negative than about negative 55 millivolts for more than a few milliseconds, the inactivation gates on the inside of the cell membrane that close the fast sodium channels become closed and remain so. Therefore, only the slow sodium-calcium channels can open, i.e., can become activated, and thereby cause the action potential. As a result, the atrial node action potential is slower to develop than the action potential of the ventricular muscle. Also, after the action potential does occur, return of the potential to its negative state occurs slowly as well, rather than the abrupt return that occurs for the ventricular fiber. Self-excitation of sinus nodal fibers Because of the high sodium ion concentration in the extracellular fluid outside of the nodal fiber, as well as a moderate number of already open sodium channels, positive sodium ions from outside of the fibers normally tend to leak to the inside. Therefore, between heartbeats, influx of positively charged sodium ions causes a slow rise in the resting membrane potential in the positive direction. Thus, the resting potential gradually rises and becomes less negative between each two heartbeats. When the potential reaches a threshold voltage of about negative 40 millivolts, the L-type calcium channels become activated, thus causing the action potential. Therefore, the inherent leakiness of the sinus nodal fibers to sodium and calcium ion causes their self-excitation. Why does this leakiness to sodium and calcium ions not cause the sinus nodal fibers to remain depolarized all the time? Two events occur during the course of the action potential to prevent such a constant state of depolarization. First, the L-type calcium channels become inactivated, i.e. they close, within about 100 to 150 milliseconds after opening, and second, at about the same time, greatly increased numbers of potassium channels open. Therefore, influx of positive calcium and sodium ions through the L-type calcium channel ceases, while at the same time, large quantities of positive potassium ions diffuse out of the fiber. Both of these effects reduce the intracellular potential back to its negative resting level and therefore terminate the action potential. Furthermore, the potassium channels remain open for another few tenths of a second, temporarily continuing movement of positive charges outside the cell, with resultant excess negativity inside the fiber. This process is called hyperpolarization. The hyperpolarization state initially carries the resting membrane potential down to about negative 55 to negative 60 millivolts at the termination of the action potential. Why is this new state of hyperpolarization not maintained forever? The reason is that during the next few tenths of a second after the action potential is over, progressively more and more calcium channels or more and more potassium channels close. The inward leaking sodium and calcium ions once again overbalance the outward flux of potassium ions, which causes the resting potential to drift up board once more, finally reaching the threshold level for discharge at a potential of about negative 40 millivolts. Then the entire process begins again, self-excitation to cause the action potential, recovery from the action potential, hyperpolarization after the action potential is over, drift of the resting potential to threshold, and finally re-excitation to elicit another cycle. This process continues throughout a person's life. Internodal and interatrial pathways transmit cardiac impulses through the atria. The ends of the sinus nodal fibers connect directly with surrounding atrial muscle fibers. Therefore, action potentials originating in the sinus node travel outward into these atrial muscle fibers. In this way, the action potential spreads through the entire atrial muscle mass and eventually to the AV node. The velocity of conduction is most atrial muscles in most atrial muscle is about 0.3 meters per second, but conduction is more rapid, about one meter per second in several small bands of atrial fibers. One of these bands called the anterior interatrial band passes through the anterior walls of the atria to the left atrium. In addition, three other small bands curve through the anterior lateral and posterior atrial walls and terminate in the AV node. These are called, respectively, the anterior, middle, and posterior internodal pathways. The cause of more rapid velocity of conduction in these bands is the presence of specialized conduction fibers. These fibers are similar to even more rapidly conducting Purkinje fibers of the ventricles, which are discussed as follows. The atrioventricular node delays impulse conduction from the atria to the ventricles. The atrial conductive system is organized so that the cardiac impulse does not travel from atria into the ventricles too rapidly. This delay allows for time for the atria to empty their blood into the ventricles before ventricular contraction begins. It's primarily the AV node and its adjacent conductive fibers that delay this transmission into the ventricles. The AV node is located in the posterior wall of the right atria, immediately behind the tricuspid valve. Figure 10 shows diagrammatically the different parts of the node plus its connections with the entering atrial internodal pathway fibers and the exiting AV bundle. This figure also shows the approximate intervals of time and fractions of a second between the initial onset of the cardiac impulse in the sinus node and its subsequent appearance in the AV nodal system. Note that the impulse, after traveling through the internodal pathways, reaches the AV node about 0.03 second after its origin in the sinus node. Then, there is a delay of another 0.09 seconds in the AV node itself before the impulse enters the penetrating portion of the AV bundle where it passes into the ventricles. A final delay of another 0.04 seconds occurs mainly in this penetrating AV bundle, which is composed of multiple small fascicles passing through the fibrous tissue separating the atria from the ventricles. Thus, the total delay in the AV node and AV bundle system is about 0.13 seconds. This delay, in addition to the initial conduction delay of 0.03 seconds from the sinus node to the AV bundle, makes a total delay of 0.16 seconds before the excitatory signal finally reaches the contracting muscle of the ventricles. Cause of the slow conduction The slow conduction in the transitional nodal and penetrating AV bundle fibers is caused mainly by diminished numbers of gap junctions between successive cells in the conducting pathways, so there is great resistance to the conduction of excitatory ions from one conducting fiber to the next. Therefore, it's easy to see why each succeeding cell is slow to be excited. Rapid transmission in the ventricular Purkinje system Special special Purkinje fibers lead from the AV node through the AV bundle into the ventricles. Except for the initial portion of these fibers, where they penetrate the AV fibrous barrier, they have functional characteristics that are quite the opposite of those of the AV nodal fibers. They are very large fibers, even larger than the normal ventricular muscle fibers and they transmit action potentials at a velocity of 1.5 to 4.0 meters per second, a velocity about 6 times that in the usual ventricular muscle and 150 times that in some of the AV node fibers. This velocity allows almost instantaneous transmission of the cardiac impulse through the entire remainder of the ventricular muscle. The rapid transmission of action potentials by Purkinje fibers is believed to be caused by a very high level of permeability of the gap junctions at the intercalated disks between the successive cells that make up the Purkinje fibers. Therefore, ions are transmitted easily from one cell to the next, thus enhancing the velocity of transmission. The Purkinje fibers also have very few myofibrils, which means that they contract little or not at all during the course of impulse transmission. One-way conduction through the AV bundle. A special characteristic of the AV bundle is the inability, except in abnormal states, of action potentials to travel backward from the ventricles to the atria. This characteristic prevents re-entry of cardiac impulses by the route from the ventricles to the atria, allowing only forward conduction from the atria to the ventricles. Furthermore, it should be recalled that everywhere except the AV bundle the atrial muscle is separated from the ventricle muscle by a continuous fibrous barrier, a portion which is shown in figure 10. This barrier normally acts as an insulator to prevent passage of cardiac impulse between atrial and ventricular muscle through any other route besides forward conduction through the AV bundle. In rare instances, an abnormal muscle bridge does penetrate the fibrous barrier elsewhere besides at the AV bundle, Under such conditions, the cardiac impulses can re-enter the atria from the ventricles and cause serious cardiac arrhythmias. Distribution of the Purkinje fibers in the ventricles, the left and right bundle branches. After penetrating the fibrous tissue between the atria and ventricular muscle, muscle, the distal portion of the AV bundle passes down in in the ventricle septum for about 5 to 15 millimeters towards the apex of the heart. Then the bundle divides into the left and right bundle branches that lie beneath the endocardium on the two respective sides of the ventricular septum. Each branch spreads downward towards the apex of the ventricle, progressively dividing into smaller branches. These branches in turn course sideways around each ventricular chamber and back toward the base of the heart. The ends of the Purkinje fibers penetrate about one-third of the way into the muscle mass and finally become continuous with the cardiac muscle fibers. The total elapsed time averages only 0.03 seconds from the time the cardiac impulse enters the bundle branches into the ventricular septum until it reaches the terminations of the Purkinje fibers. Therefore, once the cardiac impulse enters the ventricular Purkinje conductive system, it spreads almost immediately to the entire ventricular muscle mass. Transmission of the cardiac impulse into the ventricular muscle. Once the impulse reaches the ends of the Purkinje fibers, it's transmitted through the ventricular muscle mass by the ventricle muscle fibers themselves. The velocity of transmission is now only 0.3 to 0.5 millimeters per second, one-sixth that in the Purkinje fibers. The cardiac muscle wraps around the ha- heart in a double spiral, with the fibers septa between the spiraling layers. Therefore, the cardiac impulse does not necessarily travel directly outward toward the surface of the heart, but instead angulates towards the surface along the directions of the spirals. Because of this angulation, transmission from the endocardial surface to the epicardial surface of the ventricle requires as much as another 0.03 seconds, approximately equal to the time required for transmission through the entire ventricular portion of the Purkinje system. Thus, the total time for transmission of the cardiac impulse from the initial bundle branches to the last of the ventricular muscle fibers in the normal heart is about 0.06 seconds. Summary of the Spread of the Cardiac Impulse Through the Heart The figure summarizes transmission of the cardiac impulse through the human heart. The numbers on the figure represent the intervals of time in fractions of a second that laps between the origin of the cardiac impulse in the sinus node and its appearance at each respective point in the heart. Note that the impulse spreads at moderate velocity through the atria, but is delayed more than 0.1 second in the AV nodal region before appearing in the ventricular septal AV bundle. Once it has entered this bundle, it spreads very rapidly through the Purkinje fibers to the entire endocardial surfaces of the ventricles then the impulse once again spreads slightly less rapidly through the ventricular muscle to the epicardial surfaces. It is important that you learn in detail the course of the cardiac impulse through the heart and precise times of its appearance in each of the separate parts of the heart. A thorough quantitative knowledge of this process is essential to understanding the EKG, which is discussed later. Control of excitation and conduction in the heart. The sinus node is the normal pacemaker of the heart. In the discussion thus far of the genesis and transmission of the cardiac impulse through the heart, we have noted that the impulse normally arises in the SA node. In some abnormal conditions, this is not the case. Other parts of the heart can exhibit intrinsic rhythmical excitation in the same way that the sinus nodal fibers do. This capability is particularly true of the AV nodal and Purkinje fibers. The AV nodal fibers, when not stimulated from some outside source, discharge at an intrinsic rhythmical rate of 40 to 60 times per minute, and the Purkinje fibers discharge at a rate somewhere between 15 and 40 times per minute. These rates are in contrast to the normal rate of the sinus node of 70 to 80 times per minute. Why, then, does the sinus node, rather than the AV node or Purkinje fibers, control the heart rate's rhythmicity? The answer derived from the fact that the discharge rate of the sinus node is considerably faster than the natural self-excitatory discharge rate of either the AV node or the Purkinje fibers. Each time the sinus node discharges, its impulse is conducted to both the AV node and the Purkinje fibers, also discharging their excitable membranes. However, the sinus node discharges again before either the AV node or Purkinje fibers can reach their own thresholds for self-excitation. Therefore, the new impulse from the sinus node discharges both the AV node and the Purkinje fibers before self-excitation can occur in either of these sites. Thus, the sinus node controls the beat of the heart because its rate of rhythmical discharge is faster than any other part of the heart. Therefore, sinus node is almost always the pacemaker of the normal heart. Occasionally, some other part of the heart develops a rhythmical discharge rate that is more rapid than that of the sinus node. For instance, this development sometimes occurs in the AV node or the Purkinje fibers when one of these becomes abnormal. In either case, the pacemaker of the heart shifts from the sinus node to the AV node or to the excited Purkinje fibers. Under rare conditions, a place in the atrial or ventricular muscle develops excessive excitability and becomes a pacemaker. A pacemaker elsewhere than the sinus node is called an ectopic pacemaker. An ectopic pacemaker causes an abnormal sequence of contraction of the different parts of the heart and cause significant debility of the heart pumping. Another cause of shift of the pacemaker is the blockage of transmission of the cardiac impulse from the sinus node to the other parts of the heart. The new pacemaker then occurs more frequently at the AV node or in the penetrating portion of the AV bundle on the way to the ventricles. When the AV block occurs, that is when the cardiac impulse fails to pass from atria into the ventricles through the AV nodal and bundle system, the atria continue to be at a normal rate of rhythm of the sinus node, while a new pacemaker usually develops in the Purkinje system of the ventricles and drives the ventricular muscle at a new rate somewhere between 15 and 40 beats per minute. After a sudden AV bundle block, the Purkinje system does not begin to emit its intrinsic rhythmical impulses until 5 to 20 seconds later. Because before the blockage, the Purkinje fibers have been overdriven by the rapid sinus impulses and consequently are in a suppressed state. During these 5 to 20 seconds, the ventricles fail to pump blood and the person faints after the first 4 to 5 seconds because of lack of blood flow to the brain. This delayed pickup of heartbeat is called Stokes Adams syndrome. If the delay period is too long, it can lead to death. The rapid conduction of the Purkinje system normally permits the cardiac impulse to arrive at almost all portions of the ventricles within a narrow span of time, exciting the first ventricular muscle fiber only 0.03 to 0.06 seconds ahead of excitation of the last ventricular muscle fiber. This timing causes all portions of the ventricular muscle in both ventricles to begin contracting at almost the same time and then continue contracting for about another 0.3 seconds. Effective pumping by the two ventricular chambers requires the synchronous type of contraction. If the cardiac impulse should travel through the ventricle slowly, much of the ventricular mass would contract before contraction of the remainder, in which case the overall pumping effect would be greatly depressed. Indeed, some types of cardiac debilities, several which are discussed later, slow transmission does occur, and the pumping effectiveness of the ventricles is decreased to as much as 20-30%. to Sympathetic and parasympathetic nerves control heart rhythmicity and impulse conduction by the cardiac nerves. The heart is supplied with both sympathetic and parasympathetic nerves. The parasympathetic nerves are distributed mainly to the SA and AV nodes, to a lesser extent the muscle of the two atria and very little directly to the ventricular muscle. The sympathetic nerves conversely are distributed to all parts of the heart with strong representation to the ventricular muscle as well to all other areas. Parasympathetic or vagal stimulation slows the cardiac rhythm and conduction. Stimulation of the parasympathetic nerves to the heart causes the hormone acetylcholine to be released at the vagal endings. This hormone has two major effects of the heart. First, it decreases the rate of rhythm of the sinus node, and second, it decreases the excitability of the AV junctional fibers between the atrium musculature and the AV node, thereby slowing transmission of the cardiac impulse into the ventricles. Weak to moderate vagal stimulation slows the heart rate, slows the rate of pumping, often to as little as one half normal. Furthermore, strong stimulation of the vagi can stop completely. The rhythmical excitation by the sinus node or block completely transmission of the cardiac impulse from the atria to the ventricles through the AV node. In either case, rhythmical excitatory signals are no longer transmitted into the ventricles. The ventricles may stop beating for 5 to 20 seconds, but then small, some small area in the Purkinje fibers, usually in the ventricular septal portion of the AV bundle, develops a rhythm of its own and causes ventricular contraction at a rate of 15 to 40 beats per minute. This phenomenon is called ventricular escape. The acetylcholine released at the vagal nerve endings greatly increases the permeability of the fiber membrane to potassium ions, which allows a rapid leakage of potassium out of the conductive fibers. This process causes increased negativity inside the fibers, an effect called hyperpolarization, which makes this excitable tissue much less excitable. In the sinus node, the state of hyperpolarization makes the resting membrane potential of the sinus nodal fibers considerably more negative than its usual, negative 65 to 75 millivolts, rather than the normal level of negative 55 to negative 60. Therefore, the initial rise of the sinus node membrane potential caused by inward sodium and calcium leakage requires much longer to reach the threshold potential for excitation this requirement greatly slows the rate of rhythmicity of these nodal fibers. If the vagal stimulation is strong enough, it's possible to stop entirely the rhythmical self-excitation of this node. In the AV node, a state of hyperpolarization caused by vagal stimulation makes it difficult for the small atrial fibers entering the node to generate enough electricity to excite the nodal fibers. Therefore, the safety factor for transmission of the cardiac impulse through the transitional fibers into the AV node fiber decreases. A moderate decrease simply delays conduction of the impulse, but a large decrease blocks conduction entirely. Sympathetic stimulation causes essentially the opposite effects of the heart to those caused by vagal stimulation as follows. First, it increases the rate of sinus node discharge. Second, it increases the rate of conduction as well as the level of excitability in all portions of the heart. Third, it increases greatly the force of contraction of all cardiac musculature, both atrial and ventricular. In short, sympathetic stimulation increases the overall activity of the heart. Maximal stimulation can also triple the heart heartbeat frequency and increase the strength of heart contraction as much as twofold. Stimulation of the sympathetic nerves releases the hormone norepinephrine at the sympathetic nerve endings. Norepinephrine in turn stimulates beta-1 adrenergic receptors which mediate the effects of the heart rate. The precise mechanism by which beta-1 adrenergic stimulation acts on cardiac muscle fiber is somewhat unclear, but the belief is that it increases the permeability of fiber membrane to sodium-calcium ions. In the sinus node, an increase of sodium-calcium permeability causes a more positive resting membrane potential and also causes an increased rate of upward drift of the diastolic membrane potential toward threshold level for self-excitation, thus accelerating self-excitation and therefore increasing heart rate. In the AV node and AV bundles, increased sodium calcium permeability makes it easier for the action potential to excite each exceeding portion of the conducting fiber bundles, thereby decreasing the conduction time from the atria to the ventricles. The increase in permeability to calcium ions is at least partially responsible for the increase in contractile strength of cardiac muscle under the influence of sympathetic stimulation, because calcium ion plays a powerful role in exciting the contractile processes of the myo